listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. And we've got a very special show on the air today for you. We've got all the way from New York State, and he's not even really snowed in. We got Mr. Fred Canner from Canner Auto Pro- Parts and Products, and we got Jim Weber and Steve Ronaldo here at the round table, and we're going to start. We're going to grill Mr. Canner on his business. You mean we're going to take him apart? We're going to yeah. take him apart. Yeah. That's no. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think bad. so. Yeah. <laughs> Fred, welcome to uh, America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. And uh, we, uh, the one thing that we all have in common, particularly today, is that uh, I guess we're antique people as well. Cla- classic people. Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I like my grand, like my granddaddy used to say. He was just suffering from extreme maturity, and and uh, I must claim the same thing. I'm just suffering from extreme maturity. Well, yes, well, I am a classic. I'm a model. I'm a 1945 model. Ah, wow. Well, we're just a year apart then, because I'm a 44 model. Oh, yeah. So. You know, I feel like I've known you because, as I mentioned off the air, and, of course, Steve's dad bought parts from you, and I've been reading Hemmings since the 50s. And uh, I really don't know you, but I think I know you, so I'd rather if you'd kind of explain how everything evolved from when your dad started the business, please. Well, we've got a couple of things going here. My dad didn't start the business. Ah. But in a way had an influence because he bought a 53 Packard in 1955 and uh, we all the whole it was a family car we loved the car and then in 1960 my brother and I and two friends were going up to pick up uh, for one of the friends a uh, 32 Plymouth with an old Z8 in it coupe for, 20, for $35 Wow. Well, we went up there, and the guy, we looked at it, and the friend didn't want it. And on the way back, we passed a 37 Packard parked next to a gas station. And we had some money burning a hole in our pocket, and we bought it for 50 bucks. It didn't run. Engine was bad. And uh, we got it home and bought, an, bought a spare engine for about 40 bucks. I put it in. And uh, the back seat of the car and the trunk were full of spare parts for many models of Packards. We got the car running, and then over a period of time, sold the extra parts for more than we paid for the car. That's great. The bolt went on that we had our car, and we had our money back, and then some. Hmm, there's a business here. So we started to... uh, look around. Packard was out of business already five years and uh, we bought up the parts from Packard dealers and sold it to fellow enthusiasts and uh, <coughs> through high school and two college degrees and five years in the industry uh, we got the business going quite nicely in our spare time and uh, when I turned 26 and was free of the draft I 
took early retirement, as it were, and went into the business full-time with my brother. Okay. We were both, uh, we were both engineers. You know, he's a, he's a, an electrical engineer, I'm an industrial engineer, and uh, our engineering background served as well in the intricacies of automobile you know, engineering. And uh, we eventually uh, rented a building and took the parts out of several garages at our parents' basement, and uh, we're in business. And, and you've grown it and expanded it way beyond Packard, I'm sure. Yes. Now Packard is about 6% of our business. Wow. Uh, we handle everything, uh, well, I can say it this way. In, in one day, one time about 10 years ago, a guy comes in and needs a master cylinder for a tucker, of which they built 51 cars. We had it. It happened to be the same as a Studebaker. <laughs> Later that day, a guy comes in. He needed two oh, two wheel soldiers for a Davis, yep. which is a three wheeled car. Right? You're familiar, you're familiar with it. Yes. That. Yep. Made in California. Yep. And we had that too. <clears throat> and and what did those match? Do you remember? Uh, Ford. Okay. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how you have a certain group of suppliers in this business, and you think. It's a unique part, and then it turns out it's on two or three other products. Yes. Yeah. Well, small manufacturers couldn't afford to tool up for. Uh, oh no! Well, of course not. Use yeah. what was available. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was just like um, rear brake parts on Volvos were the same as Studebaker too, and uh, Volvo charged three times the amount for them as the uh, local part supply house yeah. did for the Studebaker. With our experience, we can you know. The man walked in with the uh, Tucker master saw that whoever was at the counter just looked at it and knew right away what it was. Beautiful. Our warehouses uh, uh, cover uh, 175,000 square feet, which is the size of uh, five and a half football fields. Good you know? Lord. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, I commend you for growing the business and, and being entrepreneurs because that, that's just phenomenal. Well, I'm going to turn the mic over to Steve because I'm sure he's uh, got some stories and questions to ask you. Yeah, you know, in, in, uh, do you still have a lot of OEM stuff or is most of your stuff uh, newly manufactured? Because you guys sell stuff, being a, a, with a, on the antique car side, I'm, I'm looking for stuff usually in the 30s and older, even brass car stuff. Brassier stuff is most of your stuff still NOS stuff or things that you have suppliers make for you. We have um, our, the parts we supply are from the 30s to the early 80s, and we have basically what an auto parts store would have had in the era. We don't have fenders. We don't have brass headlights. We don't have uh, wheels. We have, uh, if a guy comes to us with a 38 Buick and he needs uh, pistons and wheel bearings and brake shoes and uh, thermostat and uh, a head gasket, etc., and antifreeze, we have all those parts where we don't carry the antifreeze. Whereas <laughs> if you go to an auto parts store, they have the antifreeze, but they don't have anything else. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that's true, because, you know, it's getting harder and harder to find some of the stuff 
for for some of the these uh, these older cars. As we were talking earlier, when I rebuilt the whole front end on this '37 Cadillac, uh, I I got the full kit from you guys to do to do all of that stuff and. I'll tell you, it's getting harder and harder and harder to to find these kind of things, and and uh, your you you and your other suppliers are performing a very very big service for this hobby because without you guys, you know, we'd be in serious trouble trying to find NOS stuff. You'd be spending all your time looking for stuff. This is the beauty of capitalism. <laughs> Where there's a need, there'll always be somebody to supply it, and it depends on if the supplier make large enough quantities of it to supply it at a, at a low price. It's if that you needed front-end parts for a 1906 Holtzman rope drive car, it would be piece-by-piece piece hand manufactured. Tell me, I'm trying to get a Maxwell running now, and it's been a big process trying to find stuff for that. It's over a year trying to find some ignition stuff. Yep, the lower shaft uh, on the lower control arm fits 1937 the 1960 Cadillacs mm. everything for the V16s it also fits some Buicks old Pontiacs Packard's 41 to 56 so it's a, a common part that fits a lot of cars you asked if, if the stuff is newly manufactured or old stock um, the, major, the largest part of what we sell in volume is newly manufactured parts that we have, we tool up for and manufacture. We don't buy much from other vendors like us. We're, we tool, we we have manufacturers who make it for us. That's the, the most most of volume. But there are certain items that you can't afford to make if you sell three or four a year. True. Those we we have a stock. Sometimes we have ten or twenty years worth. And sell it little by little, and the. Uh, keep looking for it and we replenish the stock where we can find it. Do, do you still find that there are dealers that have you know obsolete <laughs> parts that uh, you, they're willing to you know sell to you a group of parts? Oh yeah, the old auto parts stores uh-huh. in, and uh, New England. Okay. We, we, we have want lists that we go and uh, Review their inventory. Find we you know word of mouth. We ask in an area who has old stuff, and you find a guy, and he's the stuff's been on the shelf since the fifties. Mm-hmm. We go in with our want list and buy what we want. In some cases, we buy everything. Beautiful. Now, do you ever like hit the Midwest because that was, I would believe, another area where you could find parts. Uh, we used to have a guy who did that for a business. He would be on the road with the truck mm-hmm. and buy stuff. Uh, we would get leads. You know, in Illinois and Indiana, we bought trailer truckloads of stuff. Yeah. But that, that quantity of stuff doesn't show up anymore. I would imagine now that uh, a lot of those guys are gone, too. It's just like the old original guys that had the auto electric shops and the carburetor shops they're they're no longer with us and uh they used to i remember as a kid growing up i can think of two of them one of them was hogan carburetor and electric and you'd walk in there and they could fix anything that was they were 90 years old when you were a kid yeah 
Yeah, <laughs> right. A couple of them were a hundred. <laughs> we, we knew we ran into a lot of them in our life. Yeah, is it? Well, that's the beautiful thing about this hobby, and the neat thing is you've also been able to support everybody in the hobby and and <coughs> make a business out of it. So, yeah, we we served over a million customers. Wow. And, uh, we have sixty employees, and uh, our goal is to make the very next customer happy. Beautiful. You, now, go ahead, Steve. Do you, you do much, uh, like in the fleet, like Hershey or those kind of things? Do you guys always have a big setup at Hershey? We used to. and We used to do a month's worth of business in a Hershey weekend. But now with the development of, you know, with people trust mail order, 40 years ago they wanted to see the part and take it with them. Now uh, we, we haven't gone to Hershey in, in 15, 20 years. Do you do do any, I I don't want to call them flea markets or swap meets, but do you go to any shows and and have representation? No. That's incredible. Just like like General Electric doesn't go to flea markets selling the refrigerators, (laughs) washers, dryers, TVs. Yeah, you got me, Fred. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, okay. they've They've grown up and sold we. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um. How much of your business is outside of the United States, like to Europe or Japan? Or Actually, Fred, before you answer that, we need to take a hard break. We're up against our hard break. So we do three of these. Uh, we'll do this one, and then we'll do one at the half hour and one at the quarter hour, quarter before. So we'll be back on the Classic Car Show right after this. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show with uh, Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber and our very special guest from all the way from New York is Mr. Fred Canner. And we, uh, Fred, we really do appreciate you uh, coming in out from uh, shoveling the snow and uh, and uh, running the snow blower and all that stuff just to do the Classic Car Show today. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Well, anyway... Let's go back, and uh, I, I was inquiring as to how, you know, do you do a lot of business in, in Europe and in Japan and places like that? 
Yeah, well, one correction first. We're in New Jersey. Yes. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, he's from Texas, Fred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's uh, the right coast, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, That's I'm sorry. Right. You're you're. Uh, in, fact, in fact, we're from Boonton, New Jersey. Boonton. O O N T O N, and it's the only Boonton in the world. Wow. Okay. You know, I have that written down. I just can't read. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> okay. Well. Anyway, Fred, do you? actually do a lot of business uh, outside of the U.S.? Yes, we do, about 10%. Okay. Uh, I'm just curious, Sweden, because Sweden and, oh, yeah. and the U.K. both come over here, the guys, and buy a lot of cars and take them back, of uh, the U.S. pre-war cars. Yes. In fact, I, I've got to throw a plug in for, uh, we, ha- we have a host that does the classic car show from the UK, uh, Kevin Flood, and he'll be doing probably a show coming up in a couple of weeks. So, um, oh, very good. Yeah, you all, we're we're well represented between the the US and the UK. And he's got very good. He's got a Model A and what else? A Chevy, doesn't he? He's got a, a Model A. Yeah. Okay, and I was thinking everybody has a Model A. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> government issue. We, we, we sell all over the world at about. Two weeks ago, I always ask the people in different departments what's new, and they said, we just sold our first order to China. Wow. And it was for parts for a 51 packer. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you wonder how the car got over there. Yes. Yes. I wonder if it was an embassy car or something. I don't know. They, you go. We, we, we didn't have an embassy in 51. Oh, didn't we? Okay. All After right. 48, when the communists took over, we didn't have an embassy there. You're absolutely right. Yep. Yeah, when you go to Hershey, that's, you see so many people from all over the world. Right, Hershey. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, this, this sort of segues into a, a question that you should be right on top of, I would think, Fred. Do you feel like the hobby is expanding? And we've dedicated, Steve and I have, uh, ever since we started the show, to trying to get kids involved, young folks involved in the hobby, and and we you know we struggle against the, the video games and all this kind of stuff, but you're looking at it from a world viewpoint, whereas we're looking from a, a more U.S. standpoint. But do you feel like the hobby is expanding or is it pulling back? I think the hobby is expanding, but our view of the hobby, your and my view of the hobby, because of our Asian experience is the car <laughs> from the 30s to the 80s where that area is plateauing or possibly going down a little bit the younger people are collecting newer cars <clears throat> it's expanding in the muscle car area and it's expanding in the street rod area where it's but, but they're not making more Enthusiasts collecting thirty-seven Cadillacs because there no. are only so many in the world. But as cars get older, people remember the cars from their youth, and a twenty-year-old remembers a Honda. Yeah, exactly, and, and that's that's the era. It's like, why aren't you interested in horse-drawn carriages? There, there are are and were collectors of them, but all sort of. Everybody who always wanted one already has one. 
Right. Well, answer this for me. What are the most popular makes of cars that you do sell parts for? Uh, Chevy is number one. Okay. Ford is not one of our popular models because the Ford antique car suppliers were the first ones, the Model A suppliers were the first ones in the antique car hobby. And that Ford business is so highly developed that the generalist like us doesn't get a lot of that business because the Ford suppliers cover that very well. We have Chevy, we have Buick, we have Plymouth, we have Packard, Cadillac, and then I'll list the old Chrysler products. Um, Well, and it sounds like you've got some specialty stuff too then. Or at least you can cross-reference a part yeah, people like so myself. We, we have that uh, to give you view the, the fuel pumps. Mm-hmm. We we stock twenty five thousand fuel pumps. Whoa! <laughs> and we're eight, all already to the point that we're manufacturing two of them brand new. And we're about to go into ten more. And uh, we have every fuel pump from nineteen thirty. Say fuel pump started in twenty nine. In fact, with some cars we have twenty nines. You know, we might have every fuel pump from twenty nine up to the eighties, with the exception of uh, V sixteen certain V sixteen Cadillacs and other you know Duesenbergs and products like that. Fred, Fred this said Hudson, Nash, Ford, you know, DeSoto, Plymouth, everything. Fred, this this opens the door to another question that we talk about here frequently. What has ethanol done to your business? Uh, what has ethanol done to our business? Uh, well, we've never opened a fuel pump where the, where the diaphragm was eaten up by ethanol. Ah, that's interesting. And and, and we, we, sell, we sell a lot of new old stock or rebuilt fuel pumps that were rebuilt in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s before ethanol-resistant material was on the market. And we don't get returns. We have a lifetime warranty. And, you know, we have fuel pumps that have been out out in the public with a warranty for 30 years. We don't get any back for that reason. Really? That's interesting because... You know, we all have a weed whacker or a lawnmower and that type of thing, and ethanol just destroys those, or a chainsaw, any of the uh, components. And uh, well, I, I'm, that's, I, because, that, that's because they don't build them like they used to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Are you carrying a, cat, a cat 37 Cadillac with a weed whacker, please? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes Steve thinks that's a yeah. weed whacker because it kind yeah, of. I'm yeah, trying okay. to get the heater to work now. That's the latest project, get the, the <clears throat> heater to work right again. So, what, what is that? The what? The heater. The heater. It's a real peculiar item on the Cadillacs. It's really odd. Well, I'm familiar with it. It's, it's a it's a Harrison unit that bolts under the under the dash for that four that 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 uh, two speed reversible motor uh, electric motor. Yep. What a weird thing that is. Well, I want you guys can maybe a- answer this question. I drive my everyday car is just an appliance. It's a 
2002 Mercury Grand Marquis, and I get it in the morning, and it's about three miles until it's throwing heat. And when I was a kid, I had a 37-120, my first car, that it would start in a winter morning by coasting down the driveway and popping the clutch because the battery usually wasn't strong enough to start it on a cold day. And within a mile, the heater under the under the dash would be throwing heat out, plenty of heat. Is it re- that progress? It, well, is it related to the thermostat? What thermostat's in your Mercury? Nope. The car goes right to, it goes to 180 when it gets hot. Okay. All right. No, that's a little on the cool side. Yeah. But some of those old cars, now I can't remember if Packard had them, but they also had a, a uh, hot air. They had a combination. Some had hot water and hot air, and they'd pick up a... a a, a uh, they had a pipe attached to the to the around the exhaust that would take heated air and put it in through the heater box right away. Well, you can get that these days. You just put a politician in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah well, that heater was called <laughs> Kelch heater, K E L C H. Took hot air from a, a, a jacket around the manifold. Yes. Right, right. Yeah. That that went out of favor because the leaky manifold gave you carbon monoxide. Oh, yeah, they yeah. smell. Yeah. And a vicious yeah. headache. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Brad, in a, in a general sense, what what makes Cantor different from any other uh, auto parts uh, antique car uh, auto parts? <laughs> well. People say about us, we know if we need a part within the lines we handle, the mechanical parts, you know, engine, transmission, rear end, brakes, seals, uh, uh, electrical, uh, things like that, like auto parts stores. If we need a part, we know you have it. Beautiful. Yeah. Plus, you we have, have generators. We, we recently, we put on a line of generators and starters. We had the parts for 30 years in crates. <laughs> We bought them along with other things, and about three years ago, we sorted into two thousand of them out. And now we have a, a full supply, so they know we don't. Yeah. Casey Whitney used to have ads that say we have uh, any wheel solder for any car four dollars and ninety nine cents. Well, they didn't have them for thirty nine Cadillacs. They didn't have them for forty Cadillacs. They had Fords certain years. They had Chevy certain years. They had Plymouths only a few years. They had DeSotos only a few years. We have every wheel cylinder from 30, 36 up. We have every fuel pump from 36 up. We have virtually every moving engine part, with the exception of crankshafts, from the 30s up. And we manufacture, like uh, the front-end kit for your Cadillac, we used to work out of old stock. Now we manufacture every piece in that 37 Cadillac front-end kit. And for the motor for that car, we manufacture everything but the crankshaft. You know, connecting rods. We make the pistons, we make the valve lifters, we make the valves, valve springs, engine bearings, gaskets, everything. That that's incredible. Obviously, some of your your parts are pretty heavy, so your your transportation cost, your shipping cost uh, to to the uh, end user has to be uh, pretty heavy at at times. That it is. We we charge fifteen percent for postage and handling. And it's all insured. And uh, we just uh, got a 5% increase from UPS the other day. 
Oh, really? Mm. See, when I people like myself that grew up in this hobby and been around a long time, uh, sort of what you were talking about. When somebody mentions Cantor to me, I I just automatically think Packard. I it, it, that's a hard thing for me to not, uh, you know, think about the other stuff that you guys have. It, it just automatically the first thing that comes to mind is Packard because you were the Packard guys, you and Max Merritt. Yep, that's because we were strictly Packard from sixty to seventy five, and. Uh, and our logo, the Cantor script in our yes. logo. Yes. The logo is a Packard logo, and the script says Cantor instead of Packard. Yeah. With that, we're going to have to take our second hard break. We'll be back with Fred Cantor right after this. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. We have Mr. Fred Cantor from Cantor Auto Parts in Booton, New Jersey. Is it New, is it, am I saying that right? New Jersey? Jeez. Oh, you got it. Okay. That's my Texas version of New Jersey. Okay. Anyway, Fred, uh, we're delighted to have you, and yeah. this is uh, extremely interesting, and, and the folks that are listening uh, uh, should be very appreciative of what you and your brother are doing, which brings me into the question, what do you guys do? Um, I know James, your, your PR person, said you were the person to talk to on this interview. Uh, why don't we get your brother on the line? He's not here. I'm, I'm not at work. I'm home. We're closed on the weekends. Ah, well, that's good. Well, what what role do you play and your brother and and I think you know your family and you know line of succession things like that? Yeah. Well, before we get into that, I want to talk about our employees. 
Okay. And a very common question that people ask is how many people work for us? And both Dan and I have the same answer. About half. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we, uh, we're we're going to back into this. We have uh, eight managers in the company. And our company is 55 years old. 56 years old as of the first of the year. We have only ever had one manager leave the company in all those years. She, the woman moved to run a, a non-profit company. We have managers with us for up to 40 years. And those people know more about their product line than I think anybody in the country in the antique field. Our engine manager knows the ins and outs of automotive engines as far as parts supplying. He's been with us since 1978. Our packer guy's been with us 40 years. Our brake guy, about 30, 32 years. They know it all in their head. Of course, they use the books. But, uh, and about the quality of our products, we can give a lifetime warranty uh, on our products because we have manufacturers both in the U.S. and all over the world who make items for us. We only deal with companies that are specialists in that item. We deal with a company who builds valve lifters for Hyundai, for Toyota, for Chrysler. They make our valve lifters. The brake shoe people who make brake shoes for, that's offshore, lots of foreign cars, they make our brake shoes in our tooling. So we don't go to a machine shop and show them something that says, can you make one of these for us? So they have all the technology. Do you have an incoming quality control where you do a, a check and validate the parts when they come in from a, one of your suppliers? Yes, we do. Okay, that's that's good. Shock absorbers, do you do those too? Yes. Because that's one that seems to be... Well, the old lever shocks. Yeah, the old lever never shocks. good when they were new. So. <laughs> yes, I have enough lever... <laughs> I have enough lever shocks to... St. Lusitania. <laughs> <laughs> that probably is what did sink it. Yeah, actually. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, well, man. did you hear on the, on the shipping? There is a new rumor going around that the Jews sank the Titanic. Uh, what do you think? What did you hear that sunk the Titanic? An iceberg. See, I told you they were Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm a straight guy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, back to the back to the roles that you all play, uh, you and your brother. Yeah, see, I'm the comedian. He's the dance, song and dance man. Ah, uh, uh, good. Were, were you all the uh-huh. ones in the the Christmas show or whatever it was? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. See, uh, my brother and I. Why um, Christmas? We we share responsibilities. We just sort of fell into it. I'm on the parts warehousing and advertising side and he's on the finance computers and um, the back end gotcha all the handling of paperwork and information and inventory control and things like that that's got to be uh, well has have the computers helped you on inventory because that's got it with the all of the stock that you have that's got to be one of your biggest nightmares going Inventory, no. It's, uh, it's, the inventory is uh, managed very well on the computer. Um, and, uh, I, I, I'm we, got, we, we were computerized in 84. 
Wow. Wow. Okay. And we're using the same computer program we used in 84, which after that, you know, 10 years later was out of favor. It's what was obsolete and all the new ones came in. Now, what they're using again is the old stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they made it too complicated. Okay, people in in people in industry are using the basically the old stuff because it's it's the most reliable. One of the I, I've used your website and and stuff and and uh, just out, out of curiosity, nothing else. What your paper catalog versus your your uh, uh, website stuff? It, do you think that? Because it's getting harder. A lot of the suppliers no longer even have a paper catalog that they're going to go away, all the paper stuff. What do you think about no, that? We, we, we're, we're doing about 40% electronically. Uh-huh. But the other 60% is magazine advertisements and catalog. In the catalog, yeah. Uh, do you guys provide a... a uh, uh, well, I don't know, I guess like a newsletter for somebody that can subscribe to what's new, because trying to keep up with what's new with stuff is really hard. What what We have these now, or we have this now. Do you guys have a newsletter sort of thing? No, we don't. Uh, because we can supply every fuel pump and every water pump, we can't have anything new in the fuel pump or water pump area. We already have them. What happens with us is we we used to deal in new old stock, rebuilt, and rebuilt water pumps. And we take a core charge, we take the old one back. Uh, now we manufacture about 23 brand new water pumps. So a newsletter that our water pump is brand new rather than rebuilt is, is not the most important thing. The guy needs a water pump, he needs a water pump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm just... Give is, go ahead. What we've been able to do is we eliminate the core charge, and some things were exchange only, so that makes it easier for the customer and reduces the price and mm-hmm. increases quality. Um, j- just a question out of the blue. Do you ever have a lost sales report where maybe you get a part or somebody calls you for something <laughs> and you don't have it? Do you, do you have some way of yeah. monitoring that? Okay. Yes, yes. Um, we don't have in almost every item we don't have holes in the in the line uh, you know in the generator if we don't have it we can rebuild the customer so this is not a a lost sale okay we offer offer it in a different right. fashion uh, what we do have is a lost sale report uh, we used to get lost sale reports on fuel fuel centers fuel bank centers Mm-hmm. Now we have a very complete line from the 30s up to the uh, late 70s. You know, as more and more requests came in, we said, okay, if there's a demand for it, we can fill it. Do you uh, do anything with any of the foreign makes? Like some of the Lucas was a big supplier for years of a lot of electrical components and things. Do you carry any of their replacement stuff? No, we handle only U.S. cars. Okay, all right. Obviously, uh, in the winter, uh, people uh, put their cars up. They're not taking them out. So do you find that that, uh, you are somewhat seasonal at all? Oh, yeah. This is not This is the slowest. January is the slowest month of the year. Okay. 
Yeah, that's understandable. And the busiest times are March, April, getting your car ready for the summer. Right. And then September, October, after you've driven it for the for the summer, and you realize that the brakes are weak or the engine needs rebuilding, you take it off the road and you do the work. We, uh, we were very fortunate a couple of weeks ago. We had... Um uh, Roy uh, Klinger on from uh, Pennsylvania Technical School. Do you work closely with, uh, and we, we love the restoration schools that are teaching kids how to do it. Do you work, do you all work closely with, uh, with them or with any of the uh, technical schools? No, we don't. Um, we sell the parts. But we don't, we sell parts to auto shops and high schools and restoration schools. And a lot of our businesses with restoration shops, uh, but we don't have an alliance with the school. Do you have a, a technical service, like if somebody calls up and they've got a, a, an issue and they want to ask a question? Sure. Okay. All right. it, from what I've gathered, you're a walking, talking encyclopedia yourself. Yeah. Well, that and, and you know, your Packard manager's 40 years, your brakes guy's 30 years. <laughs> there probably isn't a question they can't answer. So, right. Yeah. Did, I, I was going to ask on your employees that have been with you for so long, did they come with the knowledge or did you train them over the years? Um, both. Both. Uh, I, uh, um, our employees, um, the large majority of employees are automobile experienced or enthusiasts. So they've got gasoline in their blood. Yes. Yeah, that's that's good. Because I, growing up as a kid, I, I remember going into parts stores, and the guys would be there, and you could tell they were enthusiastic, and you could just about ask any question to them. And growing up in the Midwest, I remember, you know, around the time of, of the Indy 500, that's all these guys would talk about in the parts stores, and I'm talking about independent parts uh, dealers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember those guys too. They were the old guys. Yeah, but Who really knew it. Now, now I'm 20 years older than they were when I was a kid. <laughs> Both yeah. of us, Fred. Both of us. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you could say all of us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that to me. I mean. We'd hang around there to a point that they'd finally say, "Look, guys, we got to get some work done." Yeah, yeah, and uh, but they always had something on the shelf or, or something new. I never found that any of those people that you'd go in and talk to were highly mani- hands were or nails were highly manicured either. No, <laughs> right. well, I, I call that uh, fingernail shadow. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. Oh, yeah. How's your fingernail shadow, Steve? <laughs> oh, I haven't been, you know, been down and out for the past week yeah. or two, so yeah. not much. I tell you, the other thing that you probably sell that I love it's 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 interesting talking about this in that you walk into a shop now, a uh, repair shop, and all of your technicians are wearing rubber gloves, so they don't get the the nail shadow that they used to get. They're sissies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, be, saying that, well, we got to take a break, but when we come back, I want to ask the question, do you work on cars anymore? And we'll be back right after this. 
Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we do thank you for listening to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. And uh, we've got the uh, gentleman, I believe he described one of his logos as parts for old farts. So uh, we've, <laughs> we've got the uh, engineer of that slogan on with us today, Mr. Fred Canner from Canner Auto Parts in Putin. New Jersey, and um, Fred, we're delighted to have you. This has been fun. It's always, it goes very fast when you're having fun, and we've had fun today, so thank you for uh, joining us and uh, being a part of the Classic Car Show today. Uh, Fred? Yes. Uh, David, normally we allow him to ask one question, but I'm not sure if it applies to your business, but we allow him with a museum to ask if he's had any weddings in the museum. But have you had any weddings in your parts store? No, we haven't. Okay. Oh, I no. thought you might have a yeah, service between carburetors and fuel pump aisle. I thought maybe you could, you could do a brisk there, maybe. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Here we go. Well, all, all kidding aside, uh, I, I think you've pretty much covered the whole spectrum but do you have any new items that you're going to uh, bring into the market yes uh we're manufacturing a 37 to 40 mopar master cylinder that's coming on uh we're also doing pistons for the 232 hudson which is not a very popular engine but we can afford to do it because it's a, it's a very close to uh, can use the same mold as a Chevy 6 piston the, the machining and the, the things are different the pin size is different but we can uh, efficiently manufacture that Wow! we're doing piston, pistons for the DeSoto two, uh, 345 that's used in the uh, Adventure oh uh, is that a Hemi yes okay we're doing uh, about a half a dozen water pumps, 30, 34 to 40 Buick, 41 to 9 Buick, 50 to 53 Buick, 
and fifty-one to four, Christ, fifty-one to four, Chrysler, and fifty-one to six DeSoto. Hmm. Okay. They'll all be coming on in the next uh, six months. Um, automatic transmissions like Dynaflow and Hydromatic and and uh, Fluid Drive and do you supply components for those? Yes, we supply rebuilding kits. Okay. The paper and steel, you know, the, the gaskets, mm-hmm. the rubber seals, the front and rear uh, neoprene seals, and the uh, clutch plates. And if you need a, a, a hard part, if you need a, a high-range clutch drum or an output shaft, we can supply that also. Wow. Fred, what's the, uh, you mentioned the new products that you're going to be bringing on. What's the the mark or the tick that when people are asking that that makes the decision? Well, we need to start manufacturing this, or we need to start uh, carrying this particular item. Well, one of the things is the inavailability inavailability of good cores. The fifty eight to sixty one Buick fifty nine to sixty one Buick water pump was aluminum. And the aluminum pumps over time deteriorate. They, they they rot. They crumble. And we were down to three or four cores. And a customer would send one in, and it was not rebuildable. We'd say we can't help you. So we looked at what we what we were selling, and we know that when we reproduce something, we sell three to four times the volume. And we say, okay, the demand for this will support reproduction. Also, if Reproduction is cheaper, considerably cheaper than rebuilding. There are fewer and fewer rebuilders of auto parts in the country, and consequently their prices are going up. So, you know, when the price of rebuilding goes way up, it makes it easier to reproduce. That makes sense. Yeah, and you're doing it. That's uh, That, to me, is... Uh, a wonderful thing, and I, I hope our listeners realize that you're willing to put the investment in on it. Um, where where do you see your business going in the future? Like, not tomorrow, but maybe, you know, in the next few years. Well, we are not experiencing the growth we did in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Those days are gone. And uh, in the future, my... I'm 71 uh, Monday, and my brother's going to be 74. We have one son in the business who does our IT work, and another son who has his own business, similar, but he supplies for modified vehicles and off-road you know, trucks and stuff like that. Right. And uh, we think uh, in the future they will be the ones to take it over, and possibly with partnership with some of our long-term employees who are... 20 to 25 years younger than we are. Beautiful. That That's wonderful that you're thinking about them. Um, how, in the way of parts, and it, it's like you've got the whole thing covered, but let's say I call you and I, I've got a Dynaflow, and I can't find anybody in Atlanta to fix it. Do you have a list of... of people or that you recommend yeah. that would be able to That's a good question yeah would help us um, we've got a supplier of automatic transmission they supply automatic transmission parts to us mm-hmm. 
especially for obsolete automatic transmission parts. Okay. That's one thing we are, we're not a primary manufacturer on. All right. We call them and say, tell me a customer in Atlanta, tell me a rebuilding shop in Atlanta that can handle a Dynaflow. Beautiful. They, in, in two seconds, they know. Okay. Uh, all right. That's, that's, in fact, that, that's the most common question as to where can I get something fixed is automatic transmissions. Yeah. Yeah, because Steve and I have got a friend, and I don't think he's going to be in the business much longer. And one of his other shops uh, just changed hands. So, you know, we're, believe me, we're, we're becoming obsolete. Yeah, it is. It's getting harder and harder to find people that can do this kind of stuff and do it at a quality level that you would expect. Yes. Yeah. yeah well, you yeah, had but that. But they're out there. Okay. Well, that, that yeah, they the are. More, they are. And the more we support them, the better they get. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, that's one of our things of supporting the uh, the technical schools, having them on. You know, there are a lot of folks that, and in fact, uh, in interviewing uh, uh, Penn, the kid, we had some of the kids on that are going to school there, and they initially had no idea there was anything like that out there. And uh, yes. I think it's very important to keep throwing in front of people. Uh, you know, you can come out of one of those technical schools and go into a restoration situation and be making some very good money. I have a funny story to tell you. Uh, a, a, a customer of ours had a, you know, maybe a 58 Chevy, and it wasn't running smoothly. So he pulls into a repair shop, and a kid comes out, with the uh, computer, <laughs> a scan tool, the and, he, and he couldn't the scan tool, and he couldn't find the place to plug it in. <laughs> well, it's like when we used to pump gas in the fifties. Where the hell was the damn gas tank? Yeah, filler. Yeah, they used yeah. to hide them. Yeah, behind the license plate yeah. or in the tail light. The tail light. Fifty six Chevys. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Cadillacs. Find them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll say, and, and today there are no kids in gas stations because they're well, all you drive in up New Jersey, and, in New Jersey. Well, they just are. yeah. Well, they pump. They pump. They, that's they a law. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they they don't check the engine oil and they don't wipe the windshield and. It's totally dirty, man. <laughs> you tell us another story. The new cars don't burn oil. That's, I remember when I started true. driving. If you'd see a plume of blue smoke going down the road, you knew it was a Ford. <laughs> that had just beat a Chevy yeah. in a race. Yeah, and it was known as found yeah. on the road dead. Uh-huh. <laughs> Things have changed, some for the best and some yeah. for maybe not quite the best. Yeah. Yep. It's still a, you know, I can't think, and, and Steve's a prime example. He uh, works on his cars all the time. But there's nothing... And I used to when I when I knew what was under the hood. Today I open a hood up and I have no clue what all that stuff is. But you know, there's nothing more relaxing and relaxing and fulfilling than working on on a car. Oh yes, there is. <laughs> you know, you're, you're too old for that, Steve. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, tuning your uh, your uh, carburetors or you know, yeah, and and watching the the old. Um, uh, <laughs> setting, uh, setting your, uh, uh, having your light going. Uh, the what am I trying to say? The um, distributor cap when you were uh, setting your 
setting timing. your timing. Uh, timing line. Yeah, 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 timing. Yeah, yeah, that's okay, timing. David. That's, uh, it's Alzheimer's <laughs> that's getting me. But so let me add, that we didn't cover this. Do you, you know, like timing lights? You can't exactly go to Sears and buy a timing light sure anymore. You can. Uh, can you? Sure, they still got yeah. them. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys yeah, do anything? Yeah. Do you have a shop? Is basically the question. Do you do any of this stuff? Do I do any of it? Nowhere near what I used to. Uh, my brother and I used to rebuild our own automatic transmissions. We used to rebuild our own engines. Wow. We used to take engines out of one car and another. And, but uh, we both drive later model cars, up to 10, 15 years old. But they never break. Yeah. I, I changed the... I changed the uh, the brake pads on my Mercury. That was a that was a big mechanical foray. Uh, well, my question to you is: When your Grand Marquis gets to a point it's not drivable or won't pass inspection, what are you going to buy? There's no more body on Packard. frame. So yeah, buy a yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I like the body on frame four door cars. The car right. I drove before that was a seventy eight. Electra 225 oh. two door. Oh my! I bought it with fifteen thousand miles on it. Wow! This is about eight years ago, and uh, it had been hit in the back badly. So I bought a parts car and put it together and painted it red and white. It was really sharp. No, I, I meant. And, do uh, you? Oh, go ahead, Fred. So we're gonna. If, if the, when the Grand Marquis dies, I'll look around for a, a low mileage Grand Marquis. Okay. All right. You're my kind of guy. Fred, uh, I want to thank you again for being on today. We're running out of time, but uh, remind everybody they can go to your website. Uh, and you want to name that one more time, Fred? Cantor.com. K-A-N-T-E-R. And, uh, Fred, thank you so much for taking your time this morning, getting up early to be with us. And uh, we look forward to doing this again sometime. Yeah. Fred, you're the best. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Fred. Pleasure, guys. You're okay. great. Talk Thanks to you soon. Thank you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.